This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Second off-season edition of the podcast. And I think we said at the end of the last podcast, we sort of enjoy these off-season ones because you can go in a million different directions and talk about different things. You're not locked into one topic, game, whatever. So we'll continue this once a week until the season starts. Shooting the poo about the Patriots at least once a week. Um, the biggest story of the week with the Patriots was not a football story, really. It was Bill Belichick uh, offered the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, it was reported Sunday night. Then Monday night, uh, the, he released a statement saying he wasn't going to go um, out of respect for the country. Um, he represents more than himself. He represents the, his family, the Patriots. So that was a whole two days worth of sports radio uh, topic of discussion. What were your takeaways? What's your, like, what are your thoughts on it generally? I, did, I mean, it, it wasn't just sports talk radio. I mean, it sort of was the biggest story in the country, which I find weird. It was, it was obviously tied into the, the riots and the insurrection at the Capitol and the impeachment and Trump in the final week and, and all of that. Um, I didn't really, I just couldn't envision Bill going. Um, like, and I know this has turned into, he did the right thing, but then some people don't think he did it the right way or he did. I could not despise that anymore. He did the right thing. He actually did the thing I expected him to do because he didn't, you know, write, I hate Donald Trump in his press release. Like some people, it'll never be good enough. That's, but, that's my whole thing. It's like people ranted in a raid for 24 hours. How dare you go? How dare you go? And then he says, I'm not going. And they're like, well, you didn't, you didn't say it this way. You did it this way. It's like, what's good enough? You, it's like but, these people always find a way to be angry about something. And they are. They're perpetual victims or perpetual, you know, displeasure um, people. And I mean, we are, we're talking about a vocal minority. I would say the majority of the country, social media, columns, praised Bill. He did the right thing. He stood up for what was right. And he said that. I mean, he said, first and foremost, I'm an American. Like he tied himself into, and I do think it would have been on multiple levels, it would have been hypocritical or um, counter to everything he's built for 20 years, both in terms of leadership is doing what's right for the team, even if it's not, you know, necessarily in your best interests. And you know, there were some, some people discussing, could this hurt the Patriots in free agency? Could it hurt the Patriots in sponsorships? And, and I do think 
it would. I, I don't know the percentage if it's like, you know, one-tenth of one percent of free agents would have cared, but some would have. I don't know what the number is. And then the bigger point is for 20 years and really for his entire life, he's sort of expressed his pride in a, being an American and, and the military and what they do and to allow people the freedoms that they have. And, you know, I've talked about, you know, we always hear the players talking about Veterans Day, Memorial Day. He starts team meetings with like presentations on what that means. Right. So for him, you know, a week after there were riots in the Capitol and while the president's being impeached to go accept an award, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I've even minimized it more. I think there's a good chance he gets the award somehow, some way, whether it's Biden that gives it to him, what, like however it plays out. Yeah. My guess is he will get this award. The side question was, the side debate was, is he worthy? Like, why does, why is Belichick at the Medal of Freedom? It has nothing to do with freedom. It's basically, if you're really good at what you do and have had an impact on culture and society, you're worthy for the award. He's worthy for the award. And I, I, I could not um, argue for that anymore. Just like I would say Nick Saban is, you know, worthy of the award. Like, these guys are great in their field. Their field happens to be football, but they have, they've created leadership styles. Um, you know, I referenced, you know, Belichick, the, the acting director of the defense, mm -hmm. uh, when he quoted Belichick in the letter that he sent to every employee. Yep. That right there proves you've had a major impact on society and work and dedication and all those things. So he's definitely eligible for it. I think he'll still get it. I think he wants it. He just did the smart thing, the right thing, and didn't accept it at this time in person with this president, with everything that's going on in the damn world. Yeah, and I, I mean, to go down the list of people that have got it in the past, like John Wooden, one of the best basketball coaches in history, he, he got it in 2003. So, like, it's not just Donald Trump giving it to his friend. Like, that's right. Well, I mean, there is some of that, I think. Sure, but, but like, he's, but he based on other guys have got it, he's deserving. Yeah, he's definitely deserving. Now, I, I mean, I think some people, because he's not a poet or, a, or an author or, you know, he's not worthy of it. No, he's a, he's a football coach, but he's a great football coach. He's a leader of men. Mm -hmm. So is my internet okay? Yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, in my little screen, you look a little digitized, so I was worried that I was losing internet or something. Nope, you're good. Um, okay. Any other lingering thoughts on that topic? I don't, it's not really what we do. We just acknowledge it because it was the biggest topic of the week. But, I mean. Well, I, I would just say I was really ticked off at Mike Florio's post um, that basically, I think the headline was something like, how should we take Belichick's statement or passing yeah. out, whatever. And he basically said, because Belichick in the, used the phrase, the decision has been made to not move forward with this award, that he didn't make the decision. Obviously he was just protecting his ass and his coaching career and his legacy, blah, blah, blah. First of all, his legacy is set, you boob. Like right. his legacy was not changed. Like politically his legacy could be affected, but his Six titles, nine Super Bowls, yeah, greatest dynasty. No, all set, all set. You know, like Rich Keefe used the example the other day. O.J. Simpson's football career set. Yep. 2,000 yards in 14 games, one of the greatest running backs of all time. O.J. Simpson, the person. O.J. Simpson, the post-football career. Whole different story. Right. So Bill wasn't affecting his legacy. And then Florio said, like, citing multiple sources, there were discussions within the Patriots organization Okay. Okay. More. And he didn't really have anything to add to that. Yeah. It kind of, 
we talked about this off. It implies that like, that's the reason why he said no, but he never actually says it, but without actually saying it, he's, he's trying to get people to feel that certain way. He's trying to make people doubt his motives or doubt his sort of morality. Like he did this, but he doesn't really want to. So he's not real. And he went on to say, because he didn't denounce the letter and the, the man Trump and the letter he wrote for him back in 2016, when he was being elected, that it's not enough. I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't even really understand it. Get off your high horse. People are allowed to have different opinions, different friends politically. Half yeah. of this country has voted for Trump either this election or last election, right? I mean, get over yourself. You don't get to tell people what they're allowed to think. Yeah. And I thought it was dirty pool that he led people in a certain direction with absolutely no facts, just circumstantial evidence. And Oh, wait, the Patriots were talking about it? You mean just like every talk radio station, every news outlet, and every really like family? Like it was a big deal. I was, I did radio Monday night with Mutt. And yeah. while I was do, getting radio, got texts from my mother about it. Um, a distant female cousin who's not really a sports fan texted me and she's like, I actually tuned in because I wanted to hear if you guys were talking about this, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like this was a huge issue. So for him to say, you know, there were discussions within the Patriots. No shit, there were discussions within the Patriots. Like, what does it even mean? That could have been, like, two years ago, you and, and uh, Fred and Paul talking about it. Like, what, right. is, what does that really even mean? And couldn't it mean, like, maybe even Robert Kraft talked to Bill. Maybe he called him, and he said, you're not, you're not going to go get this thing, are you? You're not going to follow through and take this thing. And Bill goes, no, what do you think, I'm an idiot? I'm not doing this now. Like, right. that's a discussion. So right. unless you have more to go on, if you're going to attack somebody's character morality like the way that florio attacked it you have to have more you can't just do that like i thought that was despicable for by a despicable guy i thought that was one of the more despicable that was worse than terry bradshaw's dead because i think at the time at least he thought terry bradshaw was dead but he didn't attack his character like he attacked bill Belichick. how many years ago is that anyway when he wrote that oh it's got to be 12 15 years right Terry Bradshaw going strong. I watch him every week, and he ha- does something where he supposedly gives away money and stuff at halftime on the uh, the games. So yeah, yeah, he's still around. Despicable, Florio. Despicable. Um, we could go a number of different ways here. Let's. You want to talk about the Texans? What a mess Listen. they are. Listen, I need more leadership out of my host here. Like, if a quarterback comes into the huddle and goes. All right, guys, we could go a few different ways here. What, what do we want to do on first down here at the 40-yard? I need some leadership. Tell me what we're going to well, talk about, and I'll talk about it. I'm giving my wide receiver some options here, and which route he wants to run. Don't. Don't give options. Tell him the damn play and throw him the damn ball. All right, you're, run, you're running a go route, which is we're going to talk about the Texans and what a disaster they are right now. Poor, poor Nick is here. Good thing he's got $30 million. Yeah, I, um, I wonder exactly how much Nick knew when he took the job, like that – this was going to be sort of how it would unfold. Like were his eyes wide open or is this kind of sneaking up on him? Because this is an absolute bleeping bleep show in Houston right now. And it seems like a simple answer. I mean, it seems like everybody hates Jack Easterby. No one trusts Jack Easterby. Everybody thinks when Jack Easterby arrived, it was the beginning of the end of the, the Houston Texans franchise. Here's an idea. Get, get rid of, of Jack Easterby. Right. Especially Everyone's happy. If, especially if he's just the character coach that everyone says he is. Like, they can the, – the, the team will, will run. The team will function without Jack Easterby. Right. And, like, this is undercutting Nick 
to have Jack Easterby there. This is undercutting McNair. Like no one's going to trust them or think ch things have changed if Easterby is still involved in any way. This has to be a very decisive, sharp cut. Jack Easterby is no longer a member of the organization. Go elsewhere, go with somebody else, whatever. Um, because like the way this is playing out and played out even yesterday. So we should like, there's been all the reports. Deshaun Watson's upset. Um, Deshaun Watson wanted input on the GM and head coach. He was told he would have input. Then he had no input. Not only that, the hiring of Casario flew in the face of their search committee that didn't have Casario on the candidates list. And it was just a Hal McNair. How much that cost too? It was like an insane millions of dollars to hire that firm too. Yeah. Stupid. Um, whatever it cost, it was the biggest waste of money ever. If you're just going to flat out ignore it. Um, at least have them look into Casario. Like if you're going to hire him, make them do a little background, whatever on Casario. Anyway, so Watson's ticked off. He's not talking to McNair. He's on vacation. Then he came back from vacation last night because he was actually at a Rockets game. With Andre um, Johnson. But Andre Johnson, who was on the original um, uh, advisory committee or something. Yeah. yeah. And obviously Hall of Fame, like a, a team Hall of Famer, a franchise legend, great player. Um, basically uh, Instagrammed and tweeted. I think it was Instagram first, but um, or Twitter. And it was like he Twitter, hadn't tweeted. Yeah, I was just saying, he hasn't tweeted in like over a year. Right, and he comes out to say Deshaun Watson should basically stand his ground and that it's an absolute bleep show in Houston. Um, it, it's a terrible situation that I, I, I really don't understand. I don't, I mean, I, I guess. It's cut and dry. It really is. It's so simple. That guy provides no tangible value to our team. Get rid of him. That guy's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And if he wants a little say, like, it, it's, it's almost too simple. It's like, we must be missing something. We must be – I mean, this is it, – it's almost – I don't know if you ever watched um, Ray Donovan for any time on Showtime. It, like, they had sports tie-ins. He, he's like this cleaner who does these shady things. They're always sports tie-ins. And this feels like there's going to be, like, a deeper story. Like, there's a murder. There's a dead body. There's a – sex scandal there's something there has to be something deeper than just simply jack easterby has talked his way into the inner circle of cal mcnair did uh this no one's written this yet but i don't know it's, so he jack easterby dm'd a person on twitter that like basically tweeted we're gonna get this shit trending f easterby hashtag fire easterby and Easterby DM'd him and said, you need to delete this tweet. Tweets like this lead to a misrepresentation of pers personnel inside the Texas organization. This tweet is meant to help damage a reputation and spread misinformation and needs to be deleted. And it's why, real. Why it's, does it have to be deleted? Get off your high horse. Who the bleep are you? Why is Jack Easterby DMing a random fan on Twitter that has like 800 followers? Well, there was also the theory that he had a um, burner account. There was one making yep. the rounds. Yep. It was like yep. J something, something, something. Right. Yeah. Um, he's in over his head. It is what it is. Like, I don't know what he does or what he's involved with. I will say, I, I jokingly said this to you. Like, I would take his life coach advice because somehow he's gotten to the point he, way beyond his skills or his and everything resume or whatever. But in terms of being a part of that organization, he's tearing it down. And I know Patriots fans are all giddy that, oh, we're going to get Deshaun Watson. Casario is going to trade Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure that's going to happen. More I and more. We, 
I think he could trade him, but the Patriots are not even close to being on the list. I just – I can't fathom, can't fathom at all, trading DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson in consecutive off-seasons. Like, that makes no sense to me. I agree, but if, if Watson's, like, you know, beyond repair, then what do you do? you got to move on. Nothing's ever beyond repair. I, I agree. Like, my, my thought is that cooler heads will prevail in a couple of weeks. Casario will come in and sit down, and, like, they're, they're interviewing Biel, what, Eric Bellamy – the Kansas City offensive coordinator who he likes. Enemy. Whatever. Um, Bellamy is like, that's somebody totally different. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, a, that's some guy. Um, if, could you see him trading him to Miami? Um, no, because I can't see him trading him. First, like, I would fire Casario personally. If, if Deshaun Watson said, like, not even that he made the trade. If, if Casario, if Deshaun Watson asked me as Hal McNair, is it Cal or Hal? Whatever the hell is Hal. Um, if he asked me to fire Casario like two weeks, whatever it is, after I hired him and eat $30 million, I'd do it. Like, that's how valuable in my mind Deshaun Watson is. Yeah. Like, I've said this. I don't know that there's really a good comparison for what would be a Deshaun Watson trade. He's a 25-year-old franchise quarterback with a five-year contract, I believe. He's through 2025 at Great money, but decent money. Nothing stupid that's like hamstringing you. Right. And he's been to the playoffs twice in his four seasons. He's loved in the community. He's loved in the locker room. I was like, say, it's beyond the football stuff. He's a great leader. He's a great face of the organization. Yes. What's There is no downside to him. Somehow you pissed off like the perfect franchise quarterback. And I know people are like, oh, he's still perfect. What's he ever won? Okay, get over yourself. I know he's not Tom Brady. He didn't fall into a Super Bowl in his first year and all that. But Deshaun Watson is a great franchise quarterback. That's the reality. So trading him, to me, would be one of the dumbest. I mean, we're talking Babe Ruth crap there. We're talking like one of the top 10 dumbass trades in the history of sports. Um, you know, I wrote a column the other day. Remember when Dabo said, if you pass on him, you're passing on Michael Jordan in yeah. the draft? Yeah. Well, You'd be trading Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time, but you're trading one of the best players in football. Right. Like, it's just so stupid. But let's just pretend, let's play radio, as our friend Keyshawn Johnson likes to say. Say they do entertain it. The idea that he would be open to going to Miami because he has a no-trade clause and that maybe because they have the picks plus Tua, they could swap yep. them. It actually makes more sense today in light of this story from Almando Salgaro out of Miami um, saying that teammates, I think he had three unnamed teammates saying that like they, they're not sure two is all that good. They don't really understand why he got the job so quickly, not competing. Um, so, you know, the best way to move on from that situation would be to bring in a true franchise quarterback. Right. Um, I can't, I, I still can't envision it happening. Another person told me there was like this rumor that they were going to trade. You broke up again, so I'm guessing Andy's going to say San Francisco. You, you broke up. What, what were you going to say? I'm guessing – were you going to say San Francisco? Um, no, to the uh, – should I try a heart extension? No, if I, I can't change internet midstream, right? No, um, can't. <laughs> I'm just asking. Um, no, that they trade him to the Panthers. J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson to the Panthers. Um, I am – I said this to my son – I get sick of all the people that say, oh, I'm going to burn my jersey. I'm never going to watch a game again. If I were a Houston Texans fan and you did that, Hopkins, Watson, and Watt in, a, in like a year, a calendar year, I'm out. 
I'm done. I'm never buying another thing. I'll find another team. I'll root for the Titans. They used to be our team. I'll go root for the Titans. I like football. To me, that's a that's a legitimate. I'll never I'll never cheer or watch you again. Kind of thing. I, I, um, enough of the the Texans. Um, what's Patriots uh, quarterback options? I guess a name that was came up recently this week because of the national championship. Mac Jones. Just sort of going through the the draft and teams ahead of the Patriots in the first round, it seems like a lot need quarterbacks. So I can't imagine any of the top four sliding to them, even though um, Tom McShay has Justin Fields going down. I can't see that. What would you? What do you feel about potentially, you know, uh, uh, drafting a quarterback in the first round that's not a, a top four guy, like that's not Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson? I don't love it. Um... Again, if Bill is all in, if Bill decides for whatever reason he's all in, then go for it. I don't think he will. I don't know how you could at that point, the fifth or sixth best quarterback, whatever it is. So I still would much rather Kyle Pitts, whatever the best player available is there. I'm not a Mac Jones guy. Um, I I think he's just surrounded by so much talent. That's the tough thing with him, right? Well, but so was Joe Burrow, but I saw things from Joe Burrow that I liked. The accuracy, the ability to throw on the throws there, just like, this guy's good. He made special throws. I see Mac Jones making run-of-the-mill throws that anybody could make. Cam Newton could have made most of the throws. Right. It's like, if you missed this guy, he was so wide open, then you just suck. Right. And I know you did your HR training. I did my HR training yesterday. It was a little late, a couple of days overdue, but I got it done. And the bias, one of the biases is recency bias. And we're seeing the ultimate recency bias with Mac Jones and Taylor Heineke. Because that was the other thing. Heineke plays, you know, for the football team against Brady. Oh, he should be the Patriots quarterback. I I got some crap on Twitter for writing that. I didn't write that they should make him their franchise quarterback. I said he enters their, like, he's in their discussion, which I think is still valid. Like, if you're in the quarterback market and this guy has a game like that, you should at least look at him. I'm not saying to go all in on him, but he's part of the discussion now. I didn't read your story, so I don't oh, know what you're I'm, I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying a lot of people on Twitter took that as me advocating for the Patriots to sign him, and that wasn't the case at all. I just said that they should consider him. He, to me, would be like a half a notch up from Jarrett Stidham. That's what he is, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he's, he's played for, what, four teams in five years? Like, I mean, there's a reason yeah. why he is where he is. Including the Patriots. Yes. He was the, and he was, the, he was Washington's, what, fifth option in the game? Like, They signed him because the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. He was their COVID whatever signing because they freaked out or not freaked out. They said, you know what? Huh? We, we don't, we don't want to get caught without a quarterback. Should we sign this guy? And then everything transpired with Alex Haskins. Smith and Dwayne Haskins and all that. And he ends up starting to them. And don't get me wrong. He looked good, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to wipe out three, four, five years of his life because he looked good in one playoff game, yeah. right? Like uh, he was a backup in the XFL. Now, that doesn't mean he can't play. I'm not saying guy, you know, Kurt Warner came from whatever the indoor barnstormers league while he was bagging groceries, that whole thing. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it was just like this immediate with the the fitzies of the world, like, oh, Taylor Heineke should be a quarterback. Like, if that's your answer this offseason, I like it less than I liked Cam Newton last offseason. At least Cam Newton had a career and an upside. I mean, we're pretending – Taylor Heineke? Am I even saying his name right? Is that his name, Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
shows I'm a just making sure. <laughs> um, he he was a nice story. Like remember when the Red Sox in I don't even know what year it was now uh, three maybe they threw like um, Giambi Ortiz and like three other people were going to be like their DH and their first base. Yeah, like they just yes, brought all these guys, yeah, right? Yeah. If you want to do Taylor Heineke as something like that, and you bring in Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, keep Jarrett Stidham and one more person and just have like this massive training camp open. Right. Okay. Sure. Right. But anything beyond that, I just, sure. It's a Disney movie, I guess. And he's going to win the Super Bowl next year and all this stuff. But, I mean, I rooted for him. Don't get me wrong. I was rooting for him against Tom Brady. When he had that touchdown run, when he or scrambled. He like the five-yard line, extended the ball, yeah. I could not have been rooting for him more. But if I'm running an NFL team, I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Now I'm going to look at the real quarterbacks over here. Right. Like, I mean, you're, like you just said, you're not going to take somebody's, whatever this would be of his career, like .05% of his career and outweigh that from the other 99.9991. It's just not right. – that's not how you run a business. If he's if he's one of four in camp, I'm, I'm good with it. If he's Brian Lewerke and Jake Dolagala, whatever his name is, what like – I'm fine with that, but other than that, like you can do better, please. What are your early, uh, like, if you if you were running the Patriots, I know it's super early. What are your, what are you, like, who, who are the names that stand out most to you that you'd be interested in for quarterback? Yes, for the draft, both Qu- quarterback. So quarterback in particular, yeah. Um, well, I'm a little bit like Bill because I don't really know who's available. Remember when he made that comment, like. You're not no, sure who's available. That's, why, that's kind of why I don't like the way that we're in right now, like the Patriots being out of the playoffs. Like you don't really – you can't go all in on the offseason because you don't even know who's going to be available and money and, and all that. But that's a different discussion. Like, like just – I'll just take today's news, yep. today's Twitter-based news. The Lions are interested in Kevin Colbert to be their GM. In my yep. opinion, the best GM in football. No, nope. I think he's been the best yeah. GM in football for a while. I think now. the Steelers would be very, very stupid to let him go. I'd pay him as much money as it takes to keep him around. But let's just pretend he goes to Detroit. Okay, well, he's now going to make a decision about Matthew Stafford, right? Because he's running that franchise now. So yeah. now that comes to a head. Stafford, not Stafford. We have the reports that, well, first of all, since we last did a podcast, Doug Peterson parted ways with the Eagles. Howie Roseman is running that team. Gerard Mayo's going there to interview for the head coaching job. Great for Gerard. I love it. Good. But I don't know what's going on with their quarterback situation. They seem like Wentz is going to be brought back. Yeah. But is he? Or is that deci- – I also – you know, there was discussion that they went after um, Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach. Well, I don't think Lincoln Riley's coming in and – A, Well, A, to work with Carson Wentz when he always he already worked with Jalen Hurts and probably has an affinity for him. But B, if Lincoln Riley makes the jump, I don't think he's going to be taking orders from Howie Roseman, who Peterson basically left because of it, sounds like. Right. So he could arrive and say, no, I want no part of Wentz. Find a way to get rid of him. I don't want that distraction. I want him gone. Is he available? So like, there's all these moving pieces beyond the obvious. Like Dak Prescott is a free agent, but he's probably going to be franchised. We'll see. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is a free agent and then the draft picks and how that all shakes out. So it's a tough question to answer right now. Like I I don't hate the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. And I will tell you me from all the years 
when you start reading tea leaves and Mike Reese and Mike Lombardi and those types of people are saying Jimmy Garoppolo, I listen a little more. I yeah. listen because when they pose it as opinions, they're often Informed. a little bit more than opinions. Yes. I'll tell you this as somebody who used to do this when I wasn't allowed to report certain things, I would have very strong opinions when I knew information. And yeah. that's, the way, that's the way to do things. I find it interesting that there was a third person. It was Reese Lombardi and one other person has sort of gotten in the Jimmy Garoppolo boat. Mm. That makes me say, keep an eye on Jimmy Garoppolo as the possible quarterback. And obviously that depends on San Francisco because I think everybody would agree that Bill would take him back if he was made available. But that's just the question. Is he going to be made available? Right. And, and I don't hate it. I'm not a Jimmy huh. hater. There's plenty of Jimmy haters out there and in everywhere and certainly in the New England. Well, I mean, if that would be pretty funny if he comes back and is the starting quarterback for the Patriots, because all these Patriots fans trashed him this last, oh, yeah. whatever, year plus, trashed him. And now all of a sudden, oh, we, we, we had him back all along. This was Bill's big plan, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I wouldn't just say fans. I would say members of the media as well. Yes. We'll have to figure out whether they now like Jimmy, don't like Jimmy. You know, I like Jimmy. I think he's a good player. But I've told you this. If you, if you don't upgrade your talent around him, you will not be good. And – I mean, that's obvious, but... Well, I was going to say, that's true with really any quarterback you'd bring in. Right, but he's not a runner, so he doesn't even have the dream you had of, like, Cam can run and be the perfect, make people better. I don't know how much better Garoppolo makes people. I think he'll utilize skills. Yep. But I don't think you say he makes that guy 10% better and that guy 10% better. You need to surround him with talent, with upside. And if you did... I think he's more than capable of winning games and keeping you in games and doing all those things. Now, the obvious criticism is the health. I mean, it is what it is. It started in New England and it's continued in San Francisco. He can't stay on the field. When he stays on the field, he wins. Started in New England, continued in San Francisco. He has a very simple track record. Stay on the field and you'll win games with him. Yep. Um, any other guys that intrigue you that could potentially be available? I know this will be an ongoing discussion, but I just want to get your – Early well, thoughts. Stafford is a high-end talent. Like, I don't dispute that. That should have years left. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, it goes without saying. We just talked. You get to upgrade with anybody. You need more talent around whoever. If you're going to be a, run, a, a throwing team or want to throw at a high level. Now, the you, one thing that I say, like, if you say you brought in Stafford, you're probably not going to be able to bring in a, like, stud one wide receiver. Well, unless you draft one. Yeah. Yes. Like. Because yes. you're not giving up a first-round pick for Stafford. So no, no I'm, I'm also saying like, like money-wise, too. Like you're not going to be able to pay Stafford and also pay Allen Robinson. Right, and that's, that's where I get back to the whole mosaic thing where if you use a resource here for the quarterback, well, how do you figure out the others? And if you use a resource for others, how do you figure out the quarterback? How do you, it's sort of a shell game of money, cap space, draft right. picks, and, and move it all around. Um, and, you know, we've seen the, um, the Patriots young receivers, but just because you don't have faith in the Patriots to draft and get a young receiver, a lot of other teams have done it. A lot of teams have yes. built around young receivers in the last few years. Um, bold prediction, by the way, just as a total aside, DK Metcalf will be a problem. The, his whining and bitching the last couple of weeks and emotional outbursts, he will be seen as a problem at some point. No yeah, question. I would, I would agree. It's... Okay. 
he was pitching, he was bitching after like two possessions and then right. then scored a touchdown. Right. So that's something to just keep an eye on down the road of like Odell and Terrell and yeah. those people. Um, but to me, I don't, I think you have a better chance of getting like an impact receiver or tight end at 15 and getting your quarterback some other way. I don't love the idea of the quarterback in the middle of the first round. It, I'm, I'm not a Mac Jones guy, not a Kyle Trask guy. I'm uh, with you there. And also I was looking at, you know who's the high, who's the highest paid wide receiver in the Bill Belichick era per year? Moss. Yes, and that just shows. Yeah, and it shows that he doesn't invest in that position. He, he well, that's not because I can tell you for a fact when he traded for Brandon Cooks, he was of the hope slash mind that they were going to sign him to like a fifteen million dollar a year contract. But would you agree that his track record has shown that he's that's not one of his positions that he thinks that you should invest in? Yeah, but you got to roll with the punches and evolve with the ages or whatever. I mean, yeah, and I'm sure part of that was picking Harry in the first round for the first time. Like I said this the other day, we were talking about um, Alabama on the radio on Dale and Keith. That I thought it was really interesting when Nick Saban earlier this year made that comment, like the days are over where you can win with defense. I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said you can't have just a big, strong, tough defense, and that's how you win. And you see it with them. Like, Mac Jones says we're the best team ever. They throw for 500 yards. They have, you know, Waddle was the best receiver to start the year, and then he goes down, and the guy who basically takes advantage of the opportunity wins the Heisman yeah. is now going to be, like, the third pick in the draft. Like, they are a pass-first, high-octane offense. That's not what Nick Saban was. And we know how close they are, and we know – how much they talk and like that little get together that, that um, NFL films used in his office a couple of years. Like, I just, I think there's a good chance that bill people like this year, like I know Mutt's big on this, like this year was an example. It showed you bill doesn't value quarterbacks and he doesn't value that. Like, I, I think that's too much. I think he values it. I think he's smart. Now, maybe his ego this year got in the way, Brady thing, but yeah. I think Bill can look at the NFL and say, yep, probably need a quarterback, a receiver, a couple guys that catch some passes. Like, Yeah. So, so, so you're saying that he might look to Saban as sort of some – like as a guy that transitions just, to, to the of-age stuff? It took, it took Bill a while on defense to get away from – three four with these big outside linebackers that are six foot four and run a four six and 260 pounds like it took him a little while and maybe it's taken him a little longer to realize yeah the quarterback is but I think he has realized that he just hasn't hit on it like right and and Nikhil Harry Nikhil Harry has a new home did you see that on Twitter he kind of bothers me on Twitter oh oh do tell just like I don't know, like, even on Instagram, like, he'll have, like, one catch in a game, and he, like, posts about it. Um, yeah, he doesn't bother me as much as others. Like, Sony Michelle bothers me more, Trey, uh, Chase Winovich, who now is in, like, an open... I was going to say, is he, he's in New Hampshire. Port, <laughs> what do you say? Portsmouth is the one of the best cities? Like, sneaky or surprising best city in America or something like that? Yeah, he's, he's, he's strange. I also think you and I are old and white. You're not as old as me, but you got a little, you got a little bit of an old soul, I think. Yes. So it is what it is like. And, and others um, remember Booger went on this rant, Booger McFarlane and everybody yep. 
like jump down his throat. I agree with Booger to some degree, but I think some of it is generational. Like this is just the world you live in now where it's everything is on social media and it like, you don't have to have to act like you've done it before. You haven't. So like go all in kind of right. thing. I agree. It's just a different mentality. And it bothered, I, Sony Michelle was the first that really, really bothered me. He had like a Sony Michelle logoed product it's line. Merch. When he did yeah. Not. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, it's okay for well, Julian Edelman. It's all these guys too. I think Anthony Jennings had merch the start of this year. Yeah. Yes, he did. But I think it's just generational and we got to get over it. We got to evolve with the times. It's like, you know, 20 years ago. And, and it, we're not the only ones. Like, I, I even go back to when Brewski bitched out Chad Ochocinco. Get off your phone and get in your play. Like, right. even Brewski, I think there was a generation gap there or like a mm -hmm. social gap or whatever. It just, I think you just take it. Like, not, I'm not going to say everybody is that way, but most young, athletic, whatever, social beings that are coming through high school and college now, I think that's what you're going to get. This is just, it's generational. It's, and I don't love it. It rubs me the wrong way, but I'm trying to be a more open-minded person in 2021 and it'd be a little bit more accepting. So I'm accepting it. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Dave Ziegler staying with the Patriots sneak, uh, important. Like I kept look like Lombardi seemed to downplay like Casario leaving, like, Oh, they'll be fine. They can just move pieces around. Like, I don't think, I thought he did a bad job of sort of like portraying how important Nick was. Um, uh, I did too. like, I see I'm in the middle. I think Nick was really important, but he was also Bill's right hand man. Like he, he, to me had ascended to the level where he was, I would even say more important than Scott Pioli because of all his duties. Like Pioli was just a personnel guy. Yeah, Nick was doing the, that but, on top of game day, on the field practices, fourth quarterback, yeah, like, headsets. Yeah. The, the fact that he's communicating with Josh, that change to me, I'm not saying no one else can do it, but it's a change that I don't, that I don't love change. I don't love having to change it. And he just did so many things that I think it's a big deal. Now we had talked about it earlier like Ziegler's the next in line the most obvious choice if he had left too now you're kind of figuring out roles scrambling yeah. do you bring somebody from the outside so I think it was important for them to keep him I think that was valuable uh to to them do you think he'll um, get next title I mean he was the assistant how can he be an assistant if there's no one above him so he's the assistant to nobody I mean he probably will get the title but, but as you know the titles mean nothing down there they mean nothing. They're not going to tell you, like, whatever. We wait for the media guide to come out. and then the April. But, like, some of it's interesting. Like, would they ever put him on a Zoom? Like, Nick would do would be doing a Zoom in late March or something, or early April. Like right. pre that, that, that's a good point. My guess is Ziggler will not be doing that. No, nope, we'll be seeing a lot of Bill uh, in April and May. Yes. And then at some point, you'll start to sprinkle him in over the next year, where, however this evolves, um, in that slow process that – that they always do, but I, even, I, even Nick didn't do, he wasn't really uh, seen until like two or three years ago. Oh yeah. It was, it was a while before he really started to, to come up and sort of be the face and get to talk and, and all those things. So, but I, I, I do think Nick's a big loss. I, I, I mean, I respect, it's weird. Cause I it, like, I just look at those guys as middle managers or whatever, but those to me, even in businesses, 
are some of the most important people around. Like if I owned a business, like if, you know, around here is Dunkin' Donuts, say I owned like 12 Dunkin' Donuts. I don't want to be handling day-to-day -day crap. I don't want to be getting calls about this, calls about that, all the, I need somebody in that role that I trust, that I rely on, that's good, and that's Nick. And then when the really big stuff happens, like, oh, we're going to get sued or something happened in this one. Yep, call me. Call me. Big stuff happening. Right. But like you, in any business, I think that person is super important. And I think Nick was super important to the people. Well, you're right. Like, even with Bill, like, does he want to be bothered that, you know, they're looking at the 53rd guy on the roster? No. Like, if they're going to potentially sign the starting wide receiver, then sure. But he doesn't want to, he doesn't care about that other stuff. Right. And, like even internally, I know some people had told me like, you know, if Bill ever left, that they had doubts about Nick running the show. Okay, that's fine, but that doesn't devalue his his role with Bill. Right. Just because you don't think he can do it on his own doesn't mean he's not important. Like Josh, you have doubts whether he can do it on his own, but important to the Patriots offense working with Bill, just like everybody else. Like they have roles. So I think Nick had an issue. Side note. So the Mayo thing, I am all over the map here now. Yeah. But, so Mayo in, interviewing with the Eagles. Um, you know, I wrote a little column, like how it could make sense. They, they, Jeffrey Lurie had some comments. They're looking for the best leader they can find. It doesn't have to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, they even mentioned like sort of CEO of the organization and the culture. And I think even though he's only been a coach two years, I think Mayo sort of checks that box off. I also think it's interesting that he worked in CEO land, corporate culture for a while. Yeah. That may help him. Um, what do you think about this, though? Gerard Mayo, head coach of the Eagles. Now, there's a fly in this ointment, I know, but just, just bear with me for <laughs> playing play play talk radio here. Gerard Mayo is the head coach of the Eagles. Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator. Because if he goes there, he has to have a strong coordinator, right? right? Yeah, yep. So what do you think about that? Even though he hate, I think he and Howie Roseman hate each other. That's the fly in the ointment part. You could make that argument anywhere. Like, let's just say Mayo went to Houston. Yes, same. Same. Yeah. yeah. Easier there because now Josh is working with Nick and not somebody he right. hates. Yeah. Right. That um, kind of came to me. Just just a spitball. Like, like if, if Josh wanted to get out from underneath Bill. Yeah. And, and like, he, he's probably disappointed that there's seven openings and no one's asking him to, to interview for any of them. Maybe I need a change. Maybe I need to broaden my wings, my connections, whatever, prove maybe myself. I need to set myself up with a better quarterback than whatever the crap we might have here. That's what I was thinking, too. Maybe I need to get back to a guy that can play. Yeah. Um, uh, just throwing it out there. It's possible. It's sort of, I, don't, I don't think you see it happening either. I, I, I don't know. I like to just throw things. Yeah. I told you, these are spitball sessions. These, these yeah. podcasts are spitball sessions. That would be uh, – I mean, it, it's possible because I think there is some part of Josh that – says like what I could do with a better quarterback for sure yeah and maybe maybe he knows Bill's plan is to go with some average run-of-the-mill veteran and maybe have the same thing happen that happened this last year he doesn't have much to work with right Taylor Henneke Heineke yeah. whatever the hell his name is. um what else is I gonna get to um Tom Brady are you uh did a just threw out there on Twitter, got a ton of responses. It still, still is. I think over five thousand votes. This thing had. Are you still? Are Patriots fans still rooting for Tom Brady in the playoffs? And the final results. We got over five thousand votes. Seventy-nine point four percent say yes. So eighty twenty, which I thought was not all that surprising, but 
the the responses were pretty strong. Like their Patriots fans are all in on Tom Brady. Yeah, I voted in the uh, I'm not rooting for Tom Brady category in your little poll. Okay. Um, he rubs me the wrong way. He annoys me. He's gone. I grew up a Patriots fan. Would you feel differently about him if like there was no AB, there was no Gronk, like it was just Tom in Tampa? <sighs> I don't think so. No? I don't like I don't know. I just feel like the way someone had a good analogy in, in their response that it's similar to if you had had a child with your partner and then you divorced, you're still rooting for your kid. Yes. That was kind yeah. of a good analogy. But I just I don't, I don't know. I, I you know that he's kind of rubbed me the wrong way the last few years. And even more so, like I've always wondered. Who is Tom Brady? What is real about him? What's fake? Like, what does he stand for? What does he actually like? And I don't think, I think for a long time, you didn't see the real Tom Brady in New England. And I don't know if you're seeing the real Tom Brady in Tampa either, but he has certainly embraced. He's doing more, like, he's putting himself out there more for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. And like, everything about him is different than me. Like the fake teeth, the the plastic surgery, the fake hair, like everything about him is not what is not who I am, is not what I'm about. So I just don't think we have anything in common. But like that's an understatement of the year. Underline that one. Circle jerks should pounce on that one. Heart colon. I don't think I have anything in common with Tom Brady. Circle jerks should be all over that. Um, but like Gronk. I've always said this. He was genuine. I feel like you got Gronk. Like, that was Gronk. Love him, hate him, mesh shorts, flip-flop, whatever. There that's are actually Gronk. more people saying that they're not, like, they don't like Gronk. More yeah, I don't understand. Neither do I, I. I've, argued with, I've argued with Mutt about that and a lot of people. Because I also think Tom was not fully invested in the New England Patriots his last couple of years. No Reality. That's That's, you can't argue that. Uh, just Mutt. Just the moron that is Mutt. I'll probably be doing it tonight uh, on his show. But. You, to me, I'm with you. You can't argue that. Now, you can try to explain it. Oh, you know, he was at the point in his career that if you wanted him, you had to give him some time to be with his family because, right. you know. That's this, That's great. Separate right. argument, but right. he wasn't as invested. Right. And then I do think he was a negative emotional drain. I think there was some some real selfishness from Tom over the last year plus in New England that just rubbed me the wrong way. And now – you know, the counter would, people would say, well, Gronk was selfish and he wanted this and Gronk and what. Yeah, but he also got the absolute crap kicked out of him. And I think he was a, a physically beaten man at times. And then you threw in the mental beating of Bill and trades and what he's valued at. And like, I don't know. Bottom line is, I think Gronk's more genuine. I've always been drawn more to Gronk. So I would rather root for Gronk than Brady. But there's also a part of me that could root for Brady. I, I, I never know when I go into these games. Last week, I was rooting fully for the, the football team. I wanted the upset. I thought the, the Taylor Heineke thing was awesome. Yeah. I was rooting for that. I don't know. Drew Brees, am I rooting for him? Could be his last. He kind of annoyed me. He annoyed me the other day when he was coming off the field. I told you we'd get in. I told you we'd get in or something, and you didn't really get in, Jack yeah. Wagon. Um, I don't know. So some things can happen within games that make me root for one person or not the other person, but I'm just not rooting hard for Tom Brady. I, and I, I think it's just because of the way it ended. I thought he changed. I thought, 
you know, you get in trouble when you try to defend one side or the other in the whole Bill Brady thing, which just won't go away. Well, that's what I was going to say that. Can we not, like, have a rooting interest based on if Bill wins or if Tom wins? Because this year is not going to determine anything. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Like, Wait, are you yeah, sure? I'm, I'm positive. Because I'm pretty sure I read on weei.com a couple – multiple different times that it this this did decide it and it was deciding it and there's lots of columns on our website about it it's it just simply is not it, you need to give bill and the patriots more time and like just look at tampa bay's roster like ab evans like he should succeed that's the other thing like with the roster they have they kind of went into the playoffs in this this season like with the hope of winning the super bowl it's kind of super bowl or bust didn't they say that Yes, and they should not have been in a fourth-quarter dogfight with Taylor Heineke and the freaking no-name football team. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's probably part of it, too, is, he like, they're the favorites. They're the front-runner. The t- even though they're not really the favorites, but, like, yeah. they're sort of a favorite, a front-runner, super talented. I don't like A.B. I've never liked A.B. A.B. is the thing that really pushes me over the edge, not rooting for Just even, like, the way he acts within games. He gets a freaking first down. He acts like he just, you know, caught, yeah. like, his 100th pass. He's not likable. Chris no. Godwin seems likable, although I don't really know him. He's kind of nondescript. Well, he also kind of stinks. Like, he dropped, what, five yeah. passes the other night? That's because Brady jinxed him and told the the announcing crew he was had the best hands of anybody he's ever played with. Yeah, yeah. That was – it was a, like the second they said it, it was like drop pass, drop pass, drop pass. And then they had to go, wow, you know, this is amazing for a guy Brady said had the best hands ever. It's like, I don't know. I don't really like the Bucs. Another side note, that broadcast sucked. And I know Tariqo wasn't there, but he did such a terrible job of trying to, like, make it feel like a playoff game. It was like he was calling a week three game between those two teams. Um, well, I have said for years. Even Dungey stinks. He doesn't even know the rules. There's a couple of Dungey is awful seems like a nice man don't sure. want to crap all over him but he's really bad and like even to the point where i think he starts sentences and doesn't know where he's going like he just babbles and says stuff and then he needs to have a little self-awareness he knows for a fact that there's a brady dungy thing because he ranked him sixth correct yep. yep then he had the balls in like the fourth quarter to say that right there that's why tom brady's the goat you have him six, you effing fraud. Now, like, if you, like, now follow up with that. Obviously, I, you know, I'm kidding here. Like, right. have some self-awareness of what the hell you're saying other than just words to fill air, you fraud. Well, also for a guy that coached in the league and I thought was a halfway decent coach, doesn't even know simple football concepts. He thought at the end of the first half, I think it was Tampa Bay and Arians call a timeout to have a second look at a play that potentially be challenged. Number one, you can't do that under two minutes. And number two, they call a timeout to get the ball back. Like just yeah. common, common football stuff. He's, I've never thought he was good even on like the, the studio show or whatever, Sunday night in America. I just, again, nice guy, probably the most, um, one of the biggest glaring shouldn't be in the hall of fame, but is, I thought yeah. that was too soon, too fast. Um, yeah, he wasn't good. But, yeah, okay. I will not be rooting for Tom Brady. I'll be rooting for uh, a good game, which what? gets into the whole um, – Ben Volan had the nice numbers today about, you know, beating a team a third time and all that, yep. which I've never really bought into. Paul and I have – Paul Perillo and I have always said, would you rather be the team that's 2-0 and or 0-2? I'd always rather be 2-0. and Like, it means I'm better. It means I'm better. Right, right. And I, I know, like, the, the Bucks are a different team than they got blown out. What was it, 38-3? to 
Right. I don't think Tampa Bay's that good. See, I don't – like, I still watch them at times, and I'm like, yeah, you get got a lot of potential. Like, you watch it, and, and Cameron Brait is making plays, and you're like, geez, if they get plays out of him plus right. all the other guys. And, but it never really all comes together, and they – like, he's definitely built a thing with Len Fournette, his buddy. But part of that is, I think, because he hates the other guy, the rookie. The rookie screws up more than anybody I've seen. Drop passes, yeah. doesn't line up right. He hates that. Vaughn, is it? Something yes, Vaughn? Vaughn, Vaughn, yep. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not quite what they're, – they're not the sum of their parts, I guess I would say, of Tampa. Uh, I just hope that's a good game. I would like to see a good classic game because, I mean, it is Breeze and Brady and it's a playoff game and it should be fun. Hopefully it doesn't suck because the Saints game the other day blew. The Nickelodeon game, the Bears Saints yeah. game was. Did you um see that ratings were down twenty percent Saturday, twenty five percent Saturday, twenty percent Sunday from last year's wild card weekend? And I just want to get your thoughts on maybe why. Well, I think one thing is I've said this all along: the more games you have, the more reason people have to miss some of them. You know, people kind of crapped on me for saying that. Like, we're into football; we love football. That was like that was a lot of football. It was, and it, people have lives. Right, right. Like, so there, I don't know, like, it's always a joke, but there is legitimate negotiations with, like, um, your wife, what, like, oh, we got to go to my mother's house and do this. When do you want to do it? Right. Well, you've now added another window where if you do it then, whichever window it is, whether it's one, four, or eight, you're missing a game. Right, like simple stuff like oh, I got to do stuff around the house. I got to do yard work. Like anything. you can't like oh, the kids got basketball. We got to fit like. So to ask people to commit to From one o'clock on Saturday to eleven thirty Saturday night, and then like, one o'clock on Sunday to eleven thirty Sunday night, it, it's just impossible. It, it yeah, it, it's a lot. And then, like I said, it's it's it, that's the other thing is people, you know, oh, it's the best football weekend of the year. Well, it isn't really. You had Taylor Henneke starting a game. You had John. Wolford or whatever the hell his name is starting two of the pudgiest by the way look like punters not quarterbacks like pudgy so this is the weekend that should be good like everybody playing this weekend should be even the games like they they were okay but they weren't great right right I mean there were plays and there was fun but they were like the game I think half of them were, were one score games but some of those weren't really in doubt like the Bucks game that was never really in doubt Right. Like I wanted it to be, I was rooting for, right. but you kind of just knew it. It wasn't, you're right. And the, yeah. the Ram Seahawks game and eh, like that game never really was in doubt either. No. And the, the other thing is it faces like everybody puts it on a pedestal. Like it's, Oh, it's the NFL. I love it. I can't wait. And then, like you said, you kind of start watching. You're like, like my son at one point, I think it might've been the, the Saints game. That was the worst game of the weekend. It was like, this is boring. Like, I'm bored. Right. This isn't even good. Right. You, you so. kind of knew the Bears had no chance. The, the Saints weren't, you know, playing great. But you never, you're like, oh, this game's going to be close. It's like, well, the Saints are going to pull away at some point. Right. And I, I also don't know how, you know, you have an interesting divide of the new school, old school now with, like, Rodgers, Breeze, yeah. Brady, but then all the young guns. Jackson, Allen, Mahomes. I don't know if we're still, even though they're stars, are we still developing their characters, developing their star power at, yeah. on some level? I don't know. What What are you looking for this weekend? What's like, what's your, like, I'm really looking forward to the Bills-Ravens game. I think that's going to be really good. 
I am looking forward to the Bills Ravens game, and I'm looking forward to the the Breeze Brady. Yep. Um, for that, what we just talked about, sort of new school, old school. Um, you got the weather potential in Buffalo. I think I looked; it was like sixty percent chance yeah. of snow yeah. and, and wind. Fans being there, I think, is good. Right. You had Lamar Jackson saying, "I hope it doesn't snow. I never played in snow before. I don't want to play in snow." Like, right. I like him. He's really was, grown. I was just gonna say that I like him too. Like, I thought his yeah. his interview with Lisa Salters, I think, was pretty genuine after the game. Like, I, I, I like him. Good word. Genuine. I think he's got some gronk to him, where he's just who he is. And you might say you don't like it, or it's this, or it's that, but he's a young, sort of new school, athletic, honest. Like, like he said, during the interview, he's like, that was a dumbass interception, and like caught his mouth. I was like, so, sorry. Like, right. like, that was like genuine. Like, that's how he talked. And yeah. So I like him. I like Josh Allen in that he's proving people even like me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the people that were still expecting he's going to fall apart. He's going to fall apart. He's going to throw the ugly picks. He's going to, and he hasn't. So I'm rooting and I'm rooting for the bills just because I mean, they're the bills. So yep. um, I think you have good mix of new blood angles and old, you know, you have the blue bloods, Brady breeze Rogers. Yep. Then you have sort of like the, that weird area that Mahomes is in where he's like he's still pretty new but he's kind of the established favorite yep. and then you have the true new the people trying to get over the hump the baker mayfields of the world the lamar jacksons the josh allens right so I, I think it's a good mix like in the wrestling world when they talk about like you can't always just rely on hogan and and goldberg to highlight you got to develop young talent well that's where they like the the sub card behind breeze and brady might actually be better right josh allen lamar jackson that right you could be setting something up that's a rivalry in the AFC for the next six, eight, ten years. Right. So I like that. I think there could be some some fun football games. My son is also involved in something I've never taken part in, and he didn't really ask me to take part in, but I'm his, like, consultant. He's doing um, – it's kind of like knockout fantasy football where you have to pick a quarterback, a running back, and two receivers or something, and a defensive player every week, but you can only use them once. So what you're really trying to do is you want the best players that are going to lose. So you want like, Oh, so you, you pick a new team every week. It's not, you don't pick a team for the entire duration of the playoffs. Right. It's every round and you have to pick every round. So come Super Bowl, you have to hopefully have a quarterback available. One of the two teams quarterbacks, you have to have a running back available. Like uh, So that's kind of the opposite of the other leagues that have it for the duration of the playoffs, but you're picking a team that a guy that's going to go the entire way. I right. So like you're kind of saving teams like you do in a knockout pool where you're like, Oh, I don't want to use this team. I want to save them. Like for he's, he's not playing Mahomes this week. Right. He's not playing Mahomes, And he's like, I forgot what he's strategizing. I think he thinks the bucks are going to win. So he took, Alvin Kamara, assuming he'll have a good game, but he's going to get knocked out, so I can't I use him later. Then he's like, "Oh, if I have to, I'll use Leonard Fournette the next week." And like, I so there's some strategy. It's it's kind of interesting. I'm a little alarmed at how much time he's put into it. Every time I walk in, when he's on like his Zoom calls for school, he's got like a scratch pad next to him, putting different lineups together and like what he could do. And so it's a little alarming in that way. But. I like it. Every way people are finding ways to have because fantasy football is obviously big. There's no fantasy right. football playoff, so I, I do. I like the the, uh, I, the devotion I, to have something new. I think it's for four hundred bucks. He's playing for. All right, well, that's a so, lot when you're. That's a lot in, in middle school. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot for me. 
I was going to say, I would take 400 bucks. Right. But, you uh, know, Tom Brady and I, we don't have a yeah, lot. You, no, no, no. Anything else you want to get to before we wrap this up? Um, I just wanted to, I guess not promote since it's already been on the website, but the uh, scar feature I did last week. Oh, yeah, that was good. I thought he had some really interesting comments, and I just wanted to touch on that in that I really enjoyed that he was one of the ultimate insiders, assistant head coach to Bill Belichick, filled in for Bill Belichick once, you know, when, when Bill had to leave for a, a death in the family or something, maybe when his dad died, I forget. I think it was when his dad died. Um, and, and, like, was there the whole time a legend? People, like, players love him, coaches, everybody loves him. He's one of the best assistant coaches in the history of the NFL, yep. And then you talk to him about why the Patriots were good for 20 years. Well, it's really three things, the owner, the coach, and the quarterback. And you're like, okay, thanks for, uh, thanks thanks for enlightening me. Right. <laughs> but I love it. Like, it's true. It's okay. to Like, sometimes the obvious answer is the answer. And, you know, he went into, um, you know, some people picked apart some of his quotes because yeah. he said, one of the things people liked is he said, we had a great owner a great coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. And they thought it was funny that they were great. Brady was the great test. Yep. Um, he also praised the, the salary cap management and Brady taking less. And when he really could have held the team over a barrel. And even that though was like um, when he got into the other cap stuff and said, you know, I was sitting in those meetings and I'm thinking we can't possibly be doing this talking about, you know, trading Logan Mankins or yeah. trading Richard Seymour. And, Cutting lawyer Malloy, yeah. yeah. Those types of moves. And it's like, wow, they, it really, as much as Bill tries to make it more than it is, it really is pretty simple. They all think like us. The ex-athletes, when they leave, they tell us basically the same thing. And now Scar, who's been doing it for 30 years. Um, now, I will say his conclusion was he's hopeful because of Bill and Robert, basically, that the future is bright and they'll get back. But he did say... Now, I disagreed with him, but I didn't tell him this at the time. He thinks that, well, I don't know if I disagree with him, but, you know, he emphasized that quarterback's the most important position in all of sports, the hardest position in all sports. Yep. It's hard to find, and you saw with Cam this year with limited prep that he struggled, all that. Um, I've always kind of thought cornerback was the hardest position in all of sports physically. I would say it's cornerback just because it's sort of like the success rate. Like, you're you're not really expected to succeed, like, right and then quarterback like i mean it's it's harder because you're the you're in the spotlight all the time and that well, kind of, you can make the same thing for a cornerback too if you get burned for a touchdown like burned for a catch yep. like, i've always said that like a corner makes 47 great plays and the 48th one he gets toasted and everybody's like he blows you stay correct so yeah um but no so i just i would urge anybody that's listening that maybe didn't get a chance to read it yeah, check unfortunately check if you're listening in europe you can't go read it because our website's still not available in europe no there's nothing we can do about that it's above our pay grade but um i enjoyed doing that feature with scar uh, i might have a, a tip for those people in, in europe try outline.com paste the url and it might i might actually do it do it out huh. i don't know yeah. what that means but i'll take your word i haven't tried it yet it's it's for for um I use it for subscription sites. Some of them, like when you can't read a story, if you paste the story in outline.com, it like breaks it up. Like it actually shows it. I need to remember that because like lately I've been trying to read um, Houston Chronicle stories and yep. I click on them and I'm like, it works. Oh, bitch. It works for them. That's why I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Good to know. So when I want to read about Casario and Deshaun Watson and Jack Easterby, outline.com, is that what yep. you said? Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. Not Although sure. We are 
We're not promoting this. We're just saying it's there. No, for I'm just, it, it's, it's used from time to time. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a few people talking. Uh, All right. Uh, once again, a lot of stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. We enjoy these off-season podcasts because you can go in a million directions and it's okay. Yeah, and we, we didn't take any questions because you forgot to send out the request well, for questions. I, I remembered, uh, but it was like two minutes before we were going to start and I figured it was too late at that point. So next week, so next we'll, week we have next week. Okay. Yes. All right. I enjoy the games this weekend and we'll talk to you next week.